This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, it's Eli here with a special bonus about the making of Alba Salix Season 2. So to round out 2018, we're giving everyone a peek at the exclusive content that we make available to all our Patreon supporters. So if you're a patron at any level, you're going to get access to what we call Farlorian Fridays, and that's things like unreleased scripts and lore from the series, episode commentaries, behind-the-scenes stuff like the sound effects breakdown there you're about to hear. Plus, if you become a patron at the $5 level or higher before January 1st, 2019, we will send you a beautiful new sticker with art by Catherine Green showing Darcy Egerton and Blatt, the stars of The End of Time and Other Bothers. It's it's super cute. Check it all out at patreon.com slash albasalix or go to albasalix.com and click the Patreon link. Thanks again and happy holidays. Hey everyone, it's Eli here with a breakdown of some of the sound effects for the first two episodes of Alba Salix Season 2. Um, with season two, we wanted to get a little more immersive with the soundscape. And uh, We've written ourselves some bigger challenges this time around. There, there is more, um, more crazy action for one thing, and there's more things that we try to get across without the need for for dialogue and someone explaining exactly what's going on. So we use things like uh, footsteps. If you noticed, if you listen carefully to season one, you might have noticed that there's footsteps in episode one. Reduce heat and add three leaves of cow parsnip. Rat. <laughs> you! But they vanish mysteriously when it comes to episode two, and they never come back, except for a couple of very key moments. But for season two, we wanted to, to bring them back and layer them into this more detailed kind of a soundscape. One of the tools that I used for that was something called Edward Foley Instrument. It's a plugin or a library for the contact sample instrument plugin. It's a little akin to like a sample library of a piano or a drum set or something like that, except that instead of like drum hits or individual notes on the piano, it's all footsteps of various types of shoe on different surfaces. Uh, there's a really schmancy version of the plugin that introduces like cloth rustling, and I think it's even got things like armor in it. But those added a whole different dimension, uh, especially to to character, 
Piercy in particular. Elaine was very pleased when she heard the first episode that, that she has heels. And those really underline her mood, like if she's pacing or storms out and slams the door, that just puts a little bit of icing on the cake. Uh, episode one itself is pretty light on sound design. We, we kind of eased into it. It's pretty much all people talking, but we got a couple fun things in there. There's that scene with uh, Sir Galatis in his helmet and uh, later on past to Tohorxa. So that is actually my mom's old rice cooker. I inherited this. It's a classic Japanese uh, rice cooker from National. It's basically a steel bucket with a heating element in the bottom of it. And it was, it's just the right size and kind of shape to sound like a helmet if I'm handling it. And yeah, pretty convincing. As for the sound of David and Jeff's voices inside the helmet, I uh, leaned on something called a convolution reverb. Uh, if you've listened to, I think it was one of the earlier sound effects breakdowns I did for The End of Time and Other Bothers. I talk a bit about convolution reverb, which is, it's a plugin that uses a recording of the reverberation of, of a sound in a space and kind of applies that to whatever signal that you pump into it. Usually that's something like, oh, a cathedral or a plate reverb or this room or another, but you can put pretty much anything into it. You can make it sound like a speaker uh, or in this case, you can make it sound like it's happening in a bucket. I found a collection of these. They're called impulse responses recorded in very small spaces like uh, a trash can that comes up in episode two or the inside of a djembe or in this case, a bucket. Yes, very well. Oh dear. This is a bad one. Indeed. Episode two is where it uh, gets really crazy sound-wise. Sound designer me was quite upset with writer me uh, when I started this one. So a few months ago, a friend of ours said something like, I love the Axe and Crown. I can picture the bar, whereas I can't really picture the House of Healing and Alba. And, you know, fair enough. In season one, we never make it quite clear how the rooms join up, like – they travel back and forth from it sounds like reception to the pantry, but it's not really remarked on or uh, it fleshed out very much from there. This time around, uh, I kind of took that as a challenge. In episode two, we explore the spaces. We walk around the House of Healing. It's kind of like one of those long steady cam shots in a movie where, okay, here's the house where it all takes place or the the secret headquarters or spaceship or whatever and you you walk from room to room following everyone so that you get a sense of how all the rooms join up uh, and show off how cool your set is whatever so I wrote that into the script and basically how it works in audio is that you know every space has a different reverb setting it's a different um, impulse response uh, I, I didn't get way detailed with it like I sketched out a rough floor plan to say okay this room joins to this room but it's not like I modeled the rooms in some kind of simulator, which which is a thing you can do. But in this case, I just picked a setting for each room that sounded good. And as the characters walk through them, uh, just varying how much of their signal gets sent to the various reverb channels. And, of course, there's their, their individual footsteps. So uh, that all combines to give you the impression of, of motion from room to room. 
So this is the reception area. I'm familiar, yes. We've cleaned up and moved the desk so it's easier to get past. I saw the new ramp at the front doorstep too. Very good. Through here, the exam room has new easy-to-clean curtains. The lab's been tidied, cabinets labeled. And no, not, not that cupboard. Glassware and instruments cleaned. Good work. You bet. Everything's a bit crowded in here today, unfortunately, but that's because uh, the pantry's been cleared out to make room for the new storage unit. They should be delivering it today, in fact. I'll miss you, pantry. I know you will, but it's for safety. I know. Uh, sound of sweeping up. Uh, Magnus breaks a beaker, and that's, that's a library effect. I did not have the sound of someone sweeping up glass. But I managed to fake it with uh, here's here's our crash sounds again. But I just took the front off them, the the attack of the sound as it's called. Took the loud bit off the top, and combined that with a sweeping noise, and that gives you the the impression of of someone uh, sweeping up little bits of glass. And then, of course, it's uh, as I mentioned. That's the uh, reverb from a trash can applied to just another glass impact. Uh, Next up, uh, Traven arrives with uh, this expanding magic cabinet that was inspired, of course, because we got one of those foam mattresses that you hear advertised everywhere. Um, It was basically the only mattress that would fit down the stairs to our basement bedroom. But uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of neat. You unpack this thing that's, you know, a little bigger than me. And it expands magically into this full-size mattress. For the crate, I reused some wood scraping noises that I'd done for the Axe and Crown. Batula's trunk gets dragged around and I recorded some wood squeaking and scraping noises. So those come in uh, as well as the sort of bonk noise of the wood there. And then there's a hiss, and that's just some noise that's that's been filtered and, and combined with some little ticking noises to suggest this, this thing that's very slowly and subtly growing. Later on, uh, Magnus gets into Alba's secret cabinet and uh, discovers this magical knife. Uh, knives in audio, it's one of those things where it doesn't really sound like this in the real world, and if it does, you're probably doing it wrong. But it's uh, I kind of liken it to in a comic strip if you're trying to get across that, oh, this thing smells really bad. You draw little wavy lines that you don't actually see in, in real life. It just tells you, oh, here's a smelly thing. And in this case, here is a knife. But it's when he starts swinging it around and uh, emits crackling flames that it gets kind of fun. So that's that's a a loop of of crackling flames, of course. But I'm ramping the volume up and down to suggest the, the swishing of it. And then on top of that... Uh, to give it that little magical edge, there's a kind of a whoosh applied to it. And um, my first thought was uh, to use something like a flanger plug-in. 
If you're a musician, you probably run across things like chorus, flange, and phaser. They're all kind of related effects that use a very short delay and, and mix that back into your original sound. And by varying the length of the delay, you get this nice sweeping sound that gives uh, sound kind of uh, an animated quality. I wanted a little more control than you usually get out of one of those effects, though. Like a flanger is typically automated so that it is sweeping that delay length up and down every second or, you know, 120 beats a minute or whatever. In this case, I wanted the effect to kind of crest at the same time as the volume does. So to do that, basically just made a copy of the signal and, and changed the pitch of the copy very slightly. So it's, it's catching up and then starts falling behind again. And that gives you that nice whoosh. awesome knife oh yeah oh yeah oh crap oh crap 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 okay okay everything's gonna be fine and finally the scene that uh nearly drove me to distraction it's uh, holly in her crazy aerial battle with the butterfly the butterfly himself, uh, he's in a jar to begin with, and that's, of course, just me with a mason jar and tapping on it with my fingertips. I will not dance for you, Holly. And uh, the voice of Abbas, of course, in one of his wonderful character roles. Uh, I've pitch-shifted his voice up very slightly to suggest a tiny creature. I will not dance for you, Holly. I will not dance for you, Holly. You can't go overboard with that because if you pitch shift something too far or speed it up too much, it, it loses all intelligibility and you can't really tell what he's saying anymore. The two of you are going to dance for me. So that's, that's fairly subtle. And I've rolled off a little bit of the, the low end because uh, the smaller a critter is or the smaller a, a noise-making thing is generally the the less bass you hear out of it. The two of you are going to dance for me. The two of you are going to dance for me. And then he comes out of the jar and starts chucking around lightning bolts and blowing things up. And that's uh, some lightning that I designed for the end of time and other bothers. And that's combined with a lot of explosions and impact noises. There's, there's so many... Uh, library impact noises in this whole series because the House of Healing gets blown up and flooded and uh, set on fire so many times. It's it, it's basically tied with Magnus this season for like how much it gets beat up. And this episode is where it all starts, really. But then we get to the point where Holly gets real mad and assumes her her mantle of uh, Queen of the Wind, summons this whirlwind with her wings. Her wings, by the way, are, um, it's, it's a shirt. It's, it's a cotton 
polyester blend shirt being flapped around like crazy and sped up a bit. Uh, I kind of auditioned a bunch of different flappy things, fans and bits of paper and sketchbooks and uh, cardboard. And the thing that sounded best was, was this shirt. Uh, the butterfly, meanwhile, has um, to give it a bit of a different sound. He's got like stiff insecty wings, uh, so he has the sound of a file card being kind of wibbled around. But anyway, Holly um, creates this whirlwind, and so I brought in a bit more bass by um, pitch shifting her wings down. And that gives it that, that kind of threatening overtone. Uh, and of course the wind, uh, th those are purchased effects of, of wind swirling. The tricky bit was having the sound of this butterfly being whirled around the room by a whirlwind uh, faster and faster and then deposited in a jar uh, without having to have someone narrate that whole bit aloud. So I uh, reached for a plugin. Uh, it's called Mondo Mod uh, from Waves. It, I, I probably could have done this with uh, the stock effects in Reaper, but I didn't have the uh, all the knowledge I needed to do that yet. Uh, Mondo Mod sort of automates a lot of that. Uh, the mod stands for modulation, and what's being modulated uh, in this case are the amplitudes, the volume of the sound. It's something like the tremolo effect that you might get on certain guitar amps where the, the volume's being uh, ramped up and down a few times a second. As well as the panning. It's being panned back and forth from left to right. And the frequency can also be swept up and down. So uh, if I'm if I just go, I can apply an artificial kind of vibrato to that to that sound. So those all combine to give the, the impression of uh, sort of akin to he's going down a drain in a bathtub faster and faster until he's finally dumped into the jar. So using automation, I'm increasing the rate at which the modulation happens as well as narrowing the left to right motion, the panning, and increasing the, the pitch shift as well. Until finally, plunk, he goes in the jar. The jar comes back and the effect of him uh, falling into the jar is a crumpled up bit of file card falling into the jar. And then later being shaken around as Holly gets mad at him and shakes him and then we bring back the modulation. You can imprison me, but you can never... <laughs> okay, okay. You might have noticed also his voice is affected, and uh, I wanted to, it to sound like he's in this jar. Uh, I tried EQing it, but I also thought I would try this little experiment. I mentioned before about impulse responses in a convolution reverb. You can make your own. If you want to do a good job of it, you use this special uh, sine wave tone that sweeps through all the frequencies and gets you like a very clear picture of this kind of ideal sound, uh, how it bounces off the insides of a of space. Uh, you can also use like a starter's pistol or a balloon and they give you a kind of 
decent but not perfect results. Uh, don't have a starter's pistol. Obviously, I can't put a balloon inside a jar. So I just tapped on it, made this noise, and fed that into the convolution reverb. And that makes a boss's voice sound like this. Ah, no! Let me go! Ah, no! Let me go! And so that is how you summon a whirlwind to put an evil butterfly back in a jar. I'm Holly, queen of the wind! I do not fear the little minions of the witch. We're not minions, we're staff. You serve her whims. Come here, you! <laughs> Get back in your jar! Holly! What the heck? Are you doing that? I am queen of the wind. I bring doom and destruction, starting with you. Holy! Magnus, get the jar. Right. Got him. Thank the gods. Here, one evil butterfly. No, let me go. Say you're sorry. I will not. Say it. No, you can imprison me, but you can never. (laughs) Okay, okay. So that's it for episodes one and two. I'm going to be back with a sound effects breakdown of episode three soon. Uh, Hope you enjoyed. Bye for now. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to Season 2 of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Kelvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutante, lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home 
safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. Thank you.